the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm going to have a shocking first segment for you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can always find me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Let's talk about what's going on. Cyclical stocks are underperforming today. Relative strength in mega cap companies. That's how the sectors are lining up. Not a pretty finish yesterday. I was talking with Patrick O'Hare, and we're talking about how things are playing out Stimulus is coming. Our big concern is inflation. What if it's not inflation tied towards the $2 trillion stimulus? What if it's inflation tied towards a stoppage of global trade because the Suez Canal with products sitting on boats and product running out at stores? We'll talk about that. Could that be our black swan event? And no disrespect to black swans. Yesterday, not a pretty finish. It it tanked. It was a wet blanket. Grotesque. A little bit better this morning. But it still makes you go, hmm. It's the kind of day where, have you ever been in a big building, like the Empire State Building? I, I don't know if you ever have, but waiting for elevators is fascinating. I can't even imagine living in New York City right now. Because two people per elevator rules. I don't even like going to the hospital right now because of the two people per elevator. So you end up standing in line for an elevator, which is just weird versus crowding in together. But you know, the boat that's stuck in the Suez Canal is as tall as the Empire State Building. Whoa. And it has the potential of destroying the world economy. Eh, I'm not going to go there yet. But it has been a kind of day where we're waiting for the stock market to go up. We get in the elevator, we hit the button, and oh, dang it, the elevator's going down. (laughs) What? I didn't know there was floors beneath me. That's what is happening on Wall Street right now. You think stocks should be going up because interest rates are going down. You think stocks should be going up because there's $2 trillion in stimulus. Now, it's not. For growth stocks, it's still going down. But for value stocks, they're on the express elevator going all the way to the top. Have you ever been on an express elevator in a skyscraper? It's a little disconcerting. Because you're like, ooh, this is moving quickly. Why is it not stopping? Are we going to go blow through the roof of the Empire State Building and go crashing down on the streets of New York City? Maybe. 10-year treasury is in a lot of people's focus right now. What's going on? Answer is not easy. It's really, really been a market that's run far and it's done great. All things considered during the pandemic, I'm stoked. 
I increased my wealth in 2020. If you had told me in March of 2020, would I increase my wealth? I would have thought, nope, don't think so. But the heavyweights, they can't do it forever. The Apples, the Microsofts, Salesforce, Google, Alphabet. I hate that name, Alphabet. Still don't know why I can't suck it up and go with it, but I hate it. Tesla. They get tired, too. When you're Muhammad Ali and you're the heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson, heavyweight champion of the world, do you remember how mean he was? I don't know if I like the casting of Jamie Foxx to be playing Mike Tyson, but I'll go with it. When I was in college, I had a roommate named Mike Tyson. When I was in college, Mike Tyson was also a boxer who was the most feared man on the planet. And he had a five-year run that was unlike anything you ever saw. He would box like every 45 days. He'd come on Letterman, and it was amazing. Uh, Letterman was just fascinating. He's like, you, you knocked a guy out in nine seconds. The, you, know, you can't even do a 10 count in nine seconds. And if you go back and show your kids Mike Tyson fights from the 1980s, he was fearless Mike Tyson. And every year, he got better and better and better. And then he got, he lost it. We're going to lose that as well in tech stocks. They've done the heavy hitting for us. Does it happen this year? I don't know. There's been years where I've held shares of Apple and it's underperformed the overall market. I'm like, maybe I should have sold. Nope. So I'm not saying, I still think Mike Tyson's awesome. And if, go, go Google Mike Tyson, Dave Letterman interview. He'd get on Letterman and go, uh, Dave would be like, uh, you scare me. And you go, I don't know why I scare you. I'm a nice guy. I like kittens. And you're like, this is awesome. He likes kittens. So we have a lot going on. I think we have a little fear of corporate tax rates, a little fear of capital gains tax rates going higher, offsetting some of the stimulus spending, a trillion dollars in new taxes with $2 trillion of new spending. It really sounds like a trillion dollars of spending. The quarter end rebalancing activity of March can confuse people. Quarter ending, meaning mutual funds kind of get together and they go, we probably don't want to have energy stocks in our portfolio, even though we made a lot of money on them in the last 70 days. But in the last 20 days of the month, we want to get rid of them in large part because our customers don't really like oil stocks. They're dirty. Oil spills kill little baby seals. Better not own oil. So the end of the quarter can get kind of messy. Then you start hearing about that there's some diplomatic tension between the United States and China. Wasn't that supposed to go away? Wasn't Biden more China friendly? Didn't Trump tell us like, oh, he's going to get in office and he's going to make good friends with China. It's not really happening. Uh, we want China as a world trade partner. We want India as a world trade partner. India was supposed to pass Japan this year as the third biggest country. But the pandemic probably is going to stop India from getting there until next year. With that being said, you want some exposure to India. Maybe not a lot, 3% of your portfolio, 2% of your portfolio. But if you travel the world, you'll see there's a lot of the world that can modernize and update and improve things, and it'll happen. There's some uncertainty now with what's going on in the Suez Canal. The third estimate for fourth quarter GDP was revised up to 4.3%. Fourth quarter GDP in the United States 4.3% is a damn good number. It's dated. We're talking about the fourth quarter of 2020. 
There's a phrase on Wall Street that you have to hear. You'll hear it in commercials. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks mentioned. Past performance is not indicative of future results. So when people say, you're, you're going to get a 9% return, you're not allowed to say that. I hear commercials on radio and TV that make it cringeworthy because if they get reported to the SEC, they go out of business. You can't promise returns. The initial jobless claims, they declined. We're getting so many mixed messages right now. Suez Canal could derail us. Stimulus could help us. Taxes could hurt us. Jobs are improving, right? That's good, but you're getting mixed messaging and that's okay. It's a transitional period. Heavyweights can't be heavyweights forever. Let the small guys, let the financials have their day. Let the oil have its play. Stay invested. Keep an eye on inflation. Tinker. Don't panic. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I did not have a great night of sleep. I've been up since 1 a.m. I don't like taking pills. So some days I just don't unwind. The stories get to me. But listen to this one. Um, so uh, when I'm up, I, I, I study. I, I'm not using that time just to uh, you know, lay there in pain or lay there in anguish. Uh, Rite Aid, uh, they said that they had a decline of nearly 37% in cold, cough, and flu-related product categories. So because people stayed home, because people wore masks, because people social distanced, we actually saved money because we didn't go out and spend hundreds of millions of dollars as a nation on decongestants. I think that's fascinating. Um, That's what I refer to as an unintended consequence of COVID. It kind of killed the flu season. So I got a flu shot, but I probably wasn't going to get flu in 2020. If I did, it would be the type of flu I really didn't want to get. But yeah, I don't know. There's something there. Unintended consequences. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Um, let's go through some stories that are out there today. Um, stimulus checks are on their way. Take your time spending it. Take your time on the decision. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people go out and buy Pelotons. I'm seeing a lot of people go out and buy new iPhones. Um, Kramer two days ago endorsed buying Roblox and you know, the market's having a little bit of a struggle right now. Roblox came out maybe three weeks ago and it was overhyped. And I told you it's not going to sit at $20 for long and it's at 65. If that stock were to fall due to market conditions, I would be interested. The overhyping of the IPO and what they do is they make a, a subscription service for kids on video games. And I, every year, more and more Americans play video games. Um, every year, it becomes more part of our culture that's accepted. So total bookings last year up 171% to $1.9 billion. Revenue up 82% year over year to $923 million. Free cash flow up $411 million. Net loss, yeah, they lost money. Um, but I'm going to be interested if the market cracks. That's what I refer to as a shopping list. You should always have one. 
Um, I raised money at the end of 2020. I put some of it to work. Some of it is still there. I love downturns because it's a market opportunity. Opportunity knocks. I want to be ready. Regal Cinemas is opening back up. Another sign that things are getting better. Unless there's another strand or strain that starts to really punch. Um, the reopening's happening. It's interesting because Disney has said that they're not going to release um, Black Widow just into theaters. It's going to be in theaters, but it's also going to be released on Disney+. And theaters are like, boo, do I blame them? Hell no, I don't blame them. They need to milk that thing for as much money as they can get in the first month because after a month, it's pirated and circulated around the world. So I get it. If we're only 25% or 50% capacity at movie theaters, you milk it. Any way you can. I can't wait to go to a movie again. And it, what the worst part about it is I don't even like going to movies. It's just been because I can't do it. I want to do it. I'm a dirty boy. I'm naughty. I want to go get greasy popcorn. Qualcomm's planning a game console. What? It's not going to be for them, though. They're going to make it for Google. Qualcomm's uh, tr got some great semiconductors, fantastic semiconductors. Their Snapdragon that's inside of uh, iPhone helps the iPhone process graphics, right? So Qualcomm's saying, hey, we can do this. We can make a gaming system very similar to the popular Nintendo Switch. And Google will sell it. Interesting. Um, do I think that's a wise move for them? I don't think so. My gut says no, but too early. Why do I say that? Because I sure, gaming consoles are great, but we have the Xbox. We have the PlayStation. Um, there's, you know, what's that Stadia thing? I, I, I don't know one person who's using Stadia where you can play games through a browser. Maybe I get the idea, but where's Google and all this? Apple makes a ton of money on their mobile phones and games. Google does too, with their Google Store. Um, very rich ecosystem of games. So Qualcomm looking to diversify their product. They're big into 5G, 5G patents. But in the world of Wall Street, what's next? People are starting to think beyond their living rooms. Peloton stock is under pressure. Peloton is doing a lot of things right, facing the fact that Rob Black wants to go back to the gym. Rob Black really doesn't want another gadget in his house, another bike. Rob Black really doesn't want a treadmill in his house. Rob Black really doesn't want a fitness machine in his house. I want my house to be modern with no cords and clean. Um, don't have room for anything else. But so they're hitting a problem at this point in time. Um, DocuSign did really well during the pandemic. Zoom Video did very well during the pandemic. Out of those three names, the one that I'm most favored on right now is DocuSign. DocuSign does something. And again, with Peloton, they're, they're hiring executives now to really, really uh, try to become the Apple of hardware. And I, I think Apple should buy them. Uh, period. Period. Don't blow this one, Apple. You blew Netflix. You could have had that one. Buy Peloton. You get supply chain better than they do. 
maybe the Rob Black Jim thing is a problem, but I think Apple could figure that one out. But DocuSign's interesting to me right now, and I don't own any shares of DocuSign. But again, if the market tanks, I'm going to be very interested. And the market may tank because of the Suez Canal thing, <clears throat> or the market may tank because of inflation, or the market may tank because of higher interest rates, or the market may tank because we've had 10 up years in a row. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but at some point when it does, I'm going to have a list of stocks like Roblox and DocuSign. Um, and I could short-term trade them, or I could long-term trade them. I've started writing down my ideas. DocuSign, what I love about it is they had a great quarter. I signed more stuff on DocuSign in last year than I, than I have in a long time. The idea of uh, putting pen to paper to sign a contract, I don't even want to do it anymore. My renter left one of my rental properties, and the real estate agent's like, here, here's your DocuSign. <laughs> what I like about it is millennials. Go hug a tree, millennial. You love trees. You love the planet. Um, let's leave the planet a better place for our children. Let's DocuSign things. It's a millennial play. I know you're saying, really? It really is a millennial play. Winnebago stock is flying on strong earnings and backlog. I worry about Winnebago in two years from now. When the pandemic's over, I know people who have bought Winnebago's to park in front of their house, and that's their office now. That's their vacation mobile. It'll be interesting in two years after the pandemic if people still want to do that or if they want to get on a plane and go to Hawaii. So do you see how I'm thinking? It doesn't all fall into place. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Another day, another non-fungible token story. So far, we've seen Rob Gronkowski come out with five Super Bowl digital images of himself celebrating. Pull in millions. We've seen an artist known as Beeple pull in over $65 million for a digital piece of art that makes him the third highest earner, current artist earner whether you make physical or digital, he's the third highest, boom, just like that. You're like, well, it's not Magritte. It's not, you know, it's, who's the guy who, uh, is it Thomas Kincaid? No, it's Beeple. <laughs> I love the name, by the way. Today's story is even more shocking. I've got a friend who lives in an apartment because it saves him money. He owns a house in another state, but he lives in an apartment in California. This story is going to make him vomit. The digital housing market is officially commenced. Hold on, wait, wait, what? The digital housing market? This is not a story about people saying, coronavirus, I need to leave the big city. 91% of employers want you to have a COVID shot. They want to know that you've had it before you come back to work. This is not people are running away. Microsoft is reopening their campus next week. Um, this is not a story about housing, of where we're going to raise the kids, buying a good school district. This is going to make you vomit. A digital house created as an NFT was sold for more than $500,000. For comparison, the median price of a home in the United States is $346,800. It's called the Mars House. 
It was created by artist Krista Kem, who promotes the combination of art and technology known as Techism Movement. Techism. Oh, I love it! Oh, God, I just, I, I, I may have an aneurysm just thinking about this one. An NFT is a digital certificate of authenticity that confirms an item is real and one of a kind by recording the details of the blockchain digital ledger. The majority of the proceeds made from the 3D digital file will head to the Continuum Foundation to support a world tour of healing sound and light. Okay, that's starting to lose me. So the artist is giving the money away. But we're now buying digital homes. I can't remember the name of the game, but a few years back, it was a video game where it was a whole world and people were buying land in it. And like, you can come to Rob's party house. Um, I'll look it up during the commercial, but that wasn't non-fungible. That was a video game where you actually had to spend money or pay money to get building things. And then suddenly, you know, like Justin Timberlake's built a house on it. You're like, whoa. NFTs have broken through the art world recently. People sold for $69.4 million through an old-fashioned company like Christie's. CEO Jack Dorsey sold a digital version of his first tweet just setting up my Twitter for $2.9 million. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about someone paying $515,000 for essentially a piece of art that's digital and not physical. This feels like it could end badly. It feels like there could be a lot of scams. Wendy's, the Baconator. The Suez Canal is the carotid artery of global commerce. And the Suez Canal looks like it just ate a Baconator. Now let's talk Wendy's. Wendy's shares have lagged behind the market this year. But some analysts are starting to say it deserves a little bit more credit. Thing that I like about Wendy's is that they've always gone for spicy, spicy chicken sandwich, uh, the pretzel roll, the baconator. I think bacon's considered spicy on a level, right? But one analyst is saying it should be a $27 stock, not a $21 stock, and he calls it his best idea. He says too many people hate it. That's an interesting concept. To me, let's, let's find a stock that I hate. Um, for Because I don't want to get into trouble. Let's call it XYZ Co. If it's at $50, and I think it's overpriced and I hate it, am I allowed to like it at $20 or at $10 or at $5? Sure. So a lot of people hate it right now, the stock. Research shows same store sales have accelerated to 6% quarter to date. That's an amazing number for a fast food chain. They think for the full 90 days, they're going to grow at 10%. When Wall Street finds it out, they're going to go, hmm, it's not McDonald's, but it's cheaper than McDonald's. Not on a dollar level, but on a valuation level. They're starting a breakfast thing. They're going through a lot of menu innovation. I just saw that a 7-Eleven in Texas is opening up a drive through taco chain. And I go, what? More on that later. But the drive through is fascinating because I think more and more people like that idea. Um, so should you own Wendy's? I don't know. But I find it interesting that the concept that I want you to walk away from there is you can dislike a stock at a certain valuation and like it when it's cheaper. And it can accomplish a medium 
short to medium term goal for you while you're waiting for other ideas. Rental properties are always in the news, not digital rental, digital homes. Um, I'm okay with it. If you want to find a piece of property that you buy and you put renters in it, but here's when I say that. After you have a million dollars invested in your 401k or you're on track to have a million dollars by the time you retire, after you have an emergency fund, after you've set up the proper insurance levels, after you've kind of come up with a plan for the future with your, your spouse, if you want to buy a rental property, I'm fine with that. The problem is a lot of commercials and a lot of people are like, this is the secret to making income. Get a big mortgage and put people in it. You'll do just fine over time. That's not true. A good friend of mine, her dad was a United Airlines mechanic and he owned a home in Fremont and he decided I've done well. I bought this house for 200,000. It's worth 400,000. So he took some money out of it. Home equity line of credit and bought another home, put some renters in it. And that did well. And this is right. 2004 buys another home, puts renters in it, buys another home, put renters in it. And then the housing crash hits in 2008. People lose jobs. The Great Recession. He loses one home, second home, third home. His home. They move into a, an apartment. He lost everything because he thought rental income was the way to go. He had a 401k with American Airlines that he ignored. Or United Airlines, I'm sorry. She was a cool person to know. I don't know her anymore, but she got free flights. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So rents are kind of nice because they also could counter inflation. I'm not against you becoming uh, a landlord. The best way to do it is through what I call real estate investment trusts because you own it outright. And you can buy a business that goes out and buys real estate and puts like businesses in it. Office rents. And office rents, do they go up or down over time? Up. So it's a nice way of fighting inflation. I like the publicly traded REITs. I do not like private REITs. CFP Chad Burton and I almost punched each other 25 years ago because there was a private REIT that he liked. I was like, I don't like them. I don't like anything that I can't see the, the financials on. A private REIT means somebody else is making the decisions. Um, but again, we don't always have to agree in life. I'm okay if you want rental properties and if you buy into the commercials. And again, here's my second attack. In the first hour, I talked about Gary Oldman, not, Gary Coleman, not Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's had plastic surgery. Gary Coleman's dead. Gary Coleman being a, um, a security guard, and how you probably don't want someone who's under five feet tall being a security guard, but makes you a little uncomfortable if you need security, right? Um, when I was growing up, I saw the, the two Midget brothers who sold real estate on infomercials. Midget, short person, I don't know what the right term is. I'm sorry. But I saw these two guys like, hey, do you want to be like us? We're in Hawaii. And we've got beautiful women on our sides. And look at us. We're on a yacht. Um, that was a commercial. That was a lie. That was a fantasy. It doesn't play out like that. You know how they made their money? Getting you to buy a starter kit. So be very, very cautious on how you approach rental properties. I've seen a good friend of mine, her father, lose everything he worked his whole life for. And then get this, he started a side business. So by day, he was a, a mechanic on airplanes. 
And by night, he was carpet cleaning people's homes. I have no problem with that. Except for I saw the movie Breaking Bad or the TV show Breaking Bad where the air traffic controller lost his daughter because he and he was stressed out and he crashed two planes together. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, it is an awesome season because it starts with a teddy bear and it ends with a plane crash 13 episodes later and you see a teddy bear fall out of the sky. And it's just like, why did they freak me out like this? But I loved it. Um, and then he has a heart attack and dies. And then the mom has a stroke and she's 300 pounds or 250 pounds and she needs physical help. He had it all. He had his retirement done and he got into rental properties. It's the biggest disaster I've ever seen. Financial disaster. Be very careful on rental income. This whole segment started with a digital piece of art selling for $500,000 of a home. That's real money without a real place to live. It's a little on the offensive side. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. We're waiting for the elevator to go up, but right now it's not going up for us. And that's okay. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Why did the chicken not cross the road? Because there was a KFC on the other side. What did the chicken do when he saw a $20 Philip? Do you remember the $20 KFC Philip bucket? She kicked the bucket. Why did the chicken go to KFC? To see his brother. Why did the rooster go to KFC? This one's X-rated. He wanted to get to see the chicken strip. <laughs> oh, I think I just pulled the muscle. Oh. Why did the drummer go to KFC? Because he needed drumsticks. I could do this all day. I won't. <laughs> oh, I remember being a kid. And I don't know if you can tell these jokes anymore. Especially since KFC, the colonel, kind of looks like a southern plantation owner. Your mama's so fat, when she goes to KFC, she asks for the bucket that's on top of the restaurant. Your mother is so fat, her blood type is KFC. Your mama is so poor, when she goes to KFC, she has to lick other people's fingers. Oh, snap! Oh, you did it! Yeah, I did. Um, okay. I'm clearly going to talk about KFC. Taco Bell, uh, the parent company of KFC and Taco Bell is Yum Brands. They own them both. And they also own Pizza Hut. Um, They're buying some technology. Yum Brands, the parent of Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, is buying a lot of tech companies right now. And you're like, wait, wait. Crappy pizza. um, Chicken that doesn't really look like the chicken that we get at stores. When you pull it off the bone, it just like falls out. 
tacos, which I don't think anyone's really comfortable eating a taco, a beef taco that's 82% meat. <laughs> What's the other 18%? Fillers? Okay, let's talk about that word for a second. Yum Brands saw sales surge 45% last year in digital business. Yum Brands, who's more than 50,000 restaurants are spread throughout the world, worldwide company, where in Japan, I think it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's Christmas. It's, it's a big thing to get Kentucky Fried Chicken. My brother lives in Japan now. I, I need to ask him about that. Um, but they bought a company called Tick Tuck. Cute, right? It's an ordering and it's an order and marketing platform. Purchases is the second in the tech focused acquisition. Uh, Yum bought the consumer insights company Kavantum. A lot of artificial intelligence. A lot of how can we continue to see a forty five percent surge? COVID was pretty good for fast food if you had the ability to get it to the customer. Versus the customer coming in and sitting at those horrible plastic tables. Now, why are they buying all this stuff? Consumer demand for convenient, fast, and frictionless orders. Frictionless orders. At the same, like, for instance, I can pay for my my bills now when I'm at, a, like, a grocery store or a convenience store with my watch. That's awesome. I don't even have to, oh, I, I don't have the energy to put my hand in my back pocket and pull out a wallet. I just, dink. So the two tech purchases are broadening online ordering options, trying to use artificial intelligence to adapt menus and marketing spend to meet consumer demands. I saw earlier this week, there's a YouTube guy, the vlog squad, that one of the members of his crew is being accused of rape and every sponsor pulled away from him. Fantastic. I get it. But I was kind of interested. It was like companies like DoorDash. It was companies, it, it was the fast food ordering. So I'm like, okay, so DoorDash is clearly spending money on marketing. Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut kind of all want to work this all out. What works best? Is it texting? Is it chat channels? Is it vlog squads? Is it WhatsApp? Is it Facebook Messenger? Is it QR codes? Is it email? I've never really gotten the QR code thing. I, I, for some reason, they're like, take a picture of this code and we'll send you a, re a coupon. Mm, I don't know if I really want to take a picture of it kind of thing. So TikTok's platform integrates with Yum's point-of-sale systems. The technology can be deployed for all types of orders, delivery, curbside pickup, and restaurant dining. Yum brands have been using TikTok's technology in 900 KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell restaurants in 35 countries already, so why not buy them? Acquisition gives them more information on their customers. At the same time, it makes for easier for the consumers to order. I like easy. Highly engaged customers buy 90% more often and pay 60% more per transaction. If you can get, and this is, I'm, I'm studying a new um, technology that digital publishers like newspapers are trying to use. They are having a problem with what Facebook Apple, Apple's most important product right now, and this is gonna stun you, it's not the iPad, it's not the iPods, it's not, or the AirPods, it's not the Mac, it's not even the phone. Apple's best product that they're selling right now is privacy. And that's freaked out advertisers who wanna reach you. 
Apple's as high as it is because they seem to care about us. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But AI-driven insights need us to sign up. They need us to say how much we make. They need us to say, um, th they can track us easily. They can say, oh, you bought 4.7 times last month. Let's see if we can get you up to 5.2. So I kind of like that KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell is going all 21st century on us. And I kind of like that, like the menu innovation, if chicken strips are the driver of acquisitions or frequency, they need to develop more chicken strips. Spicy, sriracha, spicy, um, Indian spice. Like, I, I don't know. Curry chicken wings. I don't know. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.